What's up, everybody? It's your boy Jaime. Finally got my podcast going, so I'm very excited for you guys to be my very first listeners, or for you guys to listen to my very first podcast. Quick note, I will most likely be very stoned on all of my episodes because it's when my creativity comes in or I relax and I can speak calmly and confidently. So yes, I am very stoned right now. This is actually like the sixth time I attempt to record a podcast um, today and I take a rip every time. So I'm pretty stoned. But um, I figured I'd start with what what got you into smoking weed? Like why why do I smoke? I get asked that a lot actually. And I usually I tell them the same shit that everybody tells them. But, I mean, I'm not lying when I do tell them what everybody tells them, but I figured it's time to be honest. So, why do I smoke? And, bottom line, it keeps me from blowing my fucking brains out. And I am not kidding. Like, it slows my mind down to a tolerable speed that I can actually process everything that's bothering me. That was my original problem. Um, I started smoking weed in 2020. So, July 2020, um, I tried killing myself. And... I haven't really talked about it with many people other than the therapist I had while I was in the hospital. But um, while I was there, I was prescribed... Um, fuck, I can't remember the name of the... I think it was search, really. Let me Google that real quick. I was prescribed antidepressants. Um, let me make sure. Sertraline. Antidepressant. Yeah, so I, I was taking sertraline. I was taking um, trazodone and... I was prescribed the sleeping pill, too. I can't remember which one it was. But, uh, yeah, so I was taking pharmaceutical drugs. And I did I did notice a difference in my mood. Like, I wasn't sad, but I also wasn't happy. I wasn't scared. I wasn't angry. I was numb. That's the feeling that I got from being on antidepressants, antidepressants and uh, anti-anxiety medication that the VA prescribed to me. And after I got out of the hospital, um, oh, I'm sorry, let me go back. So while I was there, they, that's what they um, drugged me up on. And uh, they also gave me like a one-on-one time with a um, psychiatrist and a therapist. And I guess they did a great job of making sure they checked off all the boxes just enough so that they wouldn't get sued in case I did kill myself as soon as I left. So I took those drugs for about a month and something just didn't feel right so um when i got out of the hospital my my partner at the time for work my business partner gave me a few gave me two bags of gummies and i i had them i didn't really do anything with them until my brother came over one day and we took one together oh my god dude i fucking laughed so much i cried so much within like an hour of taking that gummy like everything that i didn't feel for so long and i'm talking there was a friend who died i'm talking i am going through a divorce i'm separated from my wife i have a complete i have an apartment that's fucking empty for months all i had was two lawn chairs and my tv um, I had, I did manage to get beds for my kids and for me, um, but that's it. Like, I had nothing. I was starting over. I, when I separated from my wife, I gave her everything. I didn't take shit. Um, and, and that, and I think that's fair because th- that would have fucking sucked. She having to be the one who has to go, go buy everything again. 
So all the stress alone from that, um, and then I wasn't making money at that time because I was just so distracted. I was, I'm in mortgages and I just didn't have any drive in me. So all the stress, all the emotions that I was not able to, to feel, as soon as that gummy kicked in, it all hit me at the same fucking time. And I was laughing at the dumbest shit. I remember, um, I remember what it was. So I saw, <laughs> I don't remember if it was on Facebook or Instagram, but I saw a post that said the, the first million or the first million people to give me one dollar will receive a free copy on my book on how I made my first million dollars. Dude, I thought that was the funniest shit ever. And then when my brother left, um, it was quiet. I put my music on. That was right around the time that I discovered Post Malone. Um, the first song that I heard by him was I Fall Apart. And fuck me, dude. When I listened to that and a few other songs, like I had my feels playlist. It was I Fall Apart, uh, Before You Go, 3 AM by Russ. Um, it was a few, uh, Lover by T-Swizzle, Taylor Swift. Uh, John Mayer, like, oh my god, I was such a mess. All these fools I started listening to while I was stoned as fuck, deep in my thoughts, and I finally cried. And I felt great. Like, I felt like I cried out my depression. And since then, I just haven't stopped doing weed, whether it's in edibles, whether it's smoking it. Um, I recently started taking RSO, the Rick Simpson oil, and I honestly feel like I might just stick to that, but it can get pretty expensive because... Um, the one gram tubes cost like 22 bucks and I could go through a gram probably in like two days. Um, but that, that really helps relax my body. Like I have really bad knee pain, um, shoulder pain and back pain and Tylenol just won't do it. And I really don't want to take like two, two thousand milligrams of, um, uh, Tylenol when weed could do it, and it's a natural plant. So I do take RSO, I do clear bowls every hour, every half hour, I don't know, it just depends on my mood. I take edibles at night so I could sleep, and do 15 milligrams of indica just kicks my ass. I fall asleep eight hours straight. So I noticed that I started feeling, I'm sorry, bringing it back to what we were talking about, I noticed I started feeling, um, I started feeling, I started feeling sad, angry, and then I was really able to talk about what was bothering me. I was going through a divorce I was already separated um from obviously my wife but she and I had been together essentially since middle school like seventh grade we met middle school um we dated for like two two months in seventh grade broke up eighth grade started dating again uh started and we were still dating freshman year and then she got I got her pregnant we were both 15 and uh, our daughter was born August at the very start of our sophomore year in high school. I didn't get to see her, her pregnancy. When I, when her parents found out, her dad was just fucking livid. And my ex-wife was the favorite and might still be the favorite of, of her family. So you can imagine um, how an uh, Army veteran who was working multiple jobs to support his family feels um, that a fucking 15-year-old kid got his 15-year-old daughter pregnant. And it, it's not its not that the, her pregnancy came as a surprise. We were actually trying to get pregnant. <laughs> we thought we had it all figured out. We were going to move in together in the back house that her parents have, and I was going to take over my dad's business and support my family that way. It was beautiful, just like that. They were just going to hand over everything to us. 
But my God, when reality hit us, that we're fucked. I mean, we were fucked. Um, our parents, I told my, or we told our parents, she told her parents, I bitched out when it came down to telling her parents. Um, and that's kind of fucked up. Like she, she managed to get a ride to McDonald's. Um, I picked her up from there when I was 15. Yep. I drove at 15. I picked her up. I brought her to my house. I told my dad, told my mom, like she was there with me. And then we were going to tell her parents, and I fucking bitched out. I went over there, knocked on their door, they invited me in, and I was in her, in her quinceanera. So, um, they already knew me, and they liked me before they found out. So they invited me in, they fed me, and I left. I left, and I left her there alone to tell her parents, after she was with me when we told mine, that she's pregnant. So, yeah, her dad was pissed. Um, he didn't let me see her throughout her pregnancy. Like, our parents met, and uh, they're like, yeah, we'll split the bills, whatevs. We'll, we'll use my insurance. Um, we'll send you guys the bill. And that was that. I didn't get to see her. I, I saw her a few times. Um, I remember one time we found out the gender of our child. We, were, we found out we were having our daughter. And, man, we just cried. We, we saw her in the ultrasound. It was fucking beautiful. And I remember another time, I don't know if it was the same day or not, but I do remember going to breakfast with her at Coco's. And I honestly, that's it. I don't remember anything else from her pregnancy. So August came and she was in labor at the hospital. I was on my way to school. I told my mom, my mom was dropping me off. That's how fucking young I was. I was having a kid and my mom was dropping me off at school. Um, so she told me to call school that I wasn't going to be there, and they, they asked, okay, what's your reason? And I said, well, my kid's being born. That fucking bitch who answered the phone was like, oh, okay, um, yeah, okay, this, this will be an excused absence then, um, we'll just catch up when you get back. And that was that, we went to the hospital. And by the way, the, her reaction was priceless, because I went to an all-male Catholic high school. So, can imagine, and they had no idea. I didn't think, I didn't even think about letting the school know that one of their students was about to have a fucking kid. Anyway, so we drove to the hospital. I saw her there. I saw the birth of my daughter. I cut the umbilical cord, and it was fucking beautiful, man. And the next day, I came back. I wasn't able to stay because I was a minor, and she was a minor. Her mom stayed. The next day, we, we, um, my mom, my parents drove me to the hospital. My, my family met our daughter, and, uh, we, we drove, after she was discharged, we drove to her house, we hung out for a bit, and I left. That was it. I fucking left. Um, obviously I can't stay. Um, but that's when her dad was like, nope, if you need to, if you want to see my daughter, if you want to see your daughter, she's with me, she's a minor, you're coming to my house, my property, you're going to call me, and you're going to schedule it, so that I can make sure I'm here to supervise so I did. I called multiple times. That motherfucker didn't answer, didn't return my calls, or he would hang up on me. And I highly doubt he communicated to my to my to my ex-wife that I was doing all of that. So to her, I was probably just abandoning her. That's fucked up. So I missed the first life of my daughter's, um, the first year of my daughter's life. And then we, we, she invited me over to her first year birthday, and that's when I saw her stand, I saw her dance to Usher's song, um, 
Oh my god. Oh, I can't remember what that's called. And then we went to, they sued us for custody and child support. Uh, so we, we talked to lawyers, we were lawyering it out for a little bit until they finally agreed to just drop it. Uh, my ex-wife's mom decided to say, this is fucking stupid. Like, this kid obviously wants to see his daughter. You're, my Her husband was just not letting me. So she started to sneak around with my ex-wife and her daughter and taking them over to my place, letting us go to a park, dropping us off, letting us spend time together until finally she and I reconnected. And she was trying very hard to to get us reconnected again to spark that fire but i i just wasn't having it dude i was so pissed that she wouldn't stand up to her dad and tell her fuck you i want to i want to i want to see jaime that's not my actual name by the way um it's just a high version of me it's my pseudonym i want to see him i want him to be a part of selena's life like i was pissed she wasn't doing that and that's fucked up on my end because i really wasn't there for her when she needed me how could i expect her to do the same to me anyway um, yeah, so I missed the first year of my daughter's life. That motherfucker wouldn't let me come around. They let us, by they, I mean her mom, finally let us see each other, and we started dating again. Um, this was now the end of our junior year, beginning of our senior year, and dude, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful, the way we reconnected, and <clears throat> we graduated in high school. That was the first obstacle. Next was college. We wanted to go to New York. We wanted to go to Seattle. In all reality, we couldn't afford that shit. We had a kid. We had to support our school, support ourselves, and our kid. Fuck that. No way. So we were going to settle for Northern Arizona University, but their family housing, we were like, fuck, we can't even afford this. So we just stayed and lived with my parents. We both went to ASU our first year, but it just wasn't going to happen. There's no way I could do full-time school, full-time job, and support my family. So I enlisted in August um, in the Army, and I went to basic training the next year. I had to finish my first year of college. Um, And that was our first obstacle when we were separated again. We got through that just fine. When I got back, I proposed to her. We got married. Uh, We moved out. We were finally on our own. We had our own apartment, a two-bedroom apartment. It was only 800 bucks a month. It was fucking great compared to now. And uh, our first obstacle came again after that, or I guess our next obstacle came when I got our Warno that we're deploying. So we shed a few tears, but then we started to prepare. Um... When I was gone, my family was supposed to help her. Her family was supposed to help her. And I don't know where my sister was like, hey, um, my husband's going to get stationed in Tucson. Can we just stay with you guys for a little bit while you're overseas until we have to go again? Or maybe they were going to Korea. I don't remember. But there's a reason they had to stay with us while they waited to get their next duty station. And she's like, yeah, I'll help, I'll help your wife with the kid. I'll help... You know, watch him while she goes to school to finish her degree because she was still in college while I was deployed. And um, we were like, I personally told her, I was like, my my ex-wife, I was like, I really don't think that's a good idea. Like my my sister and I just don't have the best relationship, and we're not close enough to be able to do this. And she's like, Nah, it's cool. Um, we'll we'll become close. We'll help each other out. It'll be great. I was like, All right. Well, that turned out like shit. Eventually, so my sister was supposed to take the back room, 
and slowly she started taking over my daughter's room. So my daughter started sleeping with my ex-wife. We already had a baby in there. So the three people who live in that house were crammed into one room while my sister took over too. So my daughter started developing tics and like weird habits. So we took her to see a therapist and the therapist was like, she just needs her own space. She needs a space where she feels safe, where she can play, where she can cry, where she can do whatever she needs to do to be able to function. So I told my sister, yo, um, don't take this the wrong way. I just really need to get uh, my daughter's room back. And she's like, well, oh, no, it wasn't her. It was my brother-in-law because he ended up moving in too with. So it was my sister, my brother-in-law, and their two dogs and their kid who moved into my 800-square-foot home. Anyway, um... Yeah, I told her I need that room back, and she, her husband was like, uh, you know, the logistics of that just isn't going to work. We got so many of us in one room. Um, we're, we're just going to need some more time. And I'm like, bro, the logistics of your situation? That's my fucking house. My kid is getting her room back. Move your shit into your other room. So they essentially told my family that we kicked them out of the house. And my mom was fucking pissed. So my mom... A little backstory to that story. She moved to the U.S. about 28 years ago, and she already had my sister. My sister is older than I am. And she left her there with her parents to move to the U.S. And then my mom had me, had my brother, raised us. And then when I was 10 years old, I found out I had a sister, and I was going to meet her. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was 5 or 6, and I was going to meet her. When I was 10, she moved to the U.S. I had only met my sister once before she moved to the U.S., and obviously she or i'm sorry not obviously but she was jealous for obvious reasons her mom left her behind and i was raising a a, a family in the u.s that's i mean that's that's pretty fucked up but so she, she does have a right to be upset anyway my mom's been trying to make up for that for a very long time and my sister just throws it in her face whenever she can so when my mom or when she told my mom that i kicked her out my mom was pissed like she she didn't invite my ex-wife and my daughter to the to her birthday party and that's a big deal because my my daughter loves loves my mom so she didn't invite them over and i was like yo this is pretty petty like what the hell is going on and they're like you know what i think we should just you know she's gonna stay with us until she can find a new place but after that they just stopped coming by to help they stopped calling to stop checking on her and I was pissed. Like, I'm relying on you guys to help me take care of my family while I'm overseas thousands of miles away. And they didn't. So when I got back, it, there was a lot of tension between me and my family. And I didn't see them. They didn't see my son for a year, year and a half, or and my daughter. But after a while, I fucking missed them. I was like, yo, I, I, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, our, my parents helped us out a lot. They fucked up, yes. But can we just move past this? Like, can we just talk it out? Move past this? And for pretty much the rest of my marriage, it just didn't work. My my ex-wife hated my my family. So I had to sneak around and take my kids to go see my parents so my parents can see their fucking grandkids. My mom would watch my daughter and my son while... Uh, or my son, sorry. My, my, my daughter was in school. While I had to go work, she would watch my son. And I didn't tell my ex-wife any of this. So when she found out, she was fucking pissed. So that's where our relationship started taking a turn. Um, when I got back from my deployment, she learned to be very independent because she was abandoned by my family. Her family still helped out a lot, but she, it, they just couldn't do everything. Um, so she grew to be very independent. 
when we got back or when I got back, we started clashing a lot. Like her independency and me trying to jump back in was just not working out well. We weren't dancing very well together. So it just created tension. So um, I, I slowly started picking up a drinking habit and you know where it went from there. So we ended up divorcing on August, in August, um, the day of my daughter's birthday party. I could just tell something was off. So I asked her, what's up? Like the kids aren't here. Just tell me what's up. And she's like, I think I'm losing feelings for you. And that's where I just crashed and burned. The last four years of our marriage were just awful. Or maybe three years. I don't remember. Well, actually, I do remember. So I, I got back 2016, 2017. So the last two years of our marriage were awful. Um, we just didn't connect. We always fought. We were low on money. We were so stressed. We couldn't do anything we wanted. And uh, I lost my drive. I lost my drive. I, I was so lazy. Like I didn't do any yard work until somebody said something about it. I didn't work out anymore. I didn't bother fixing my hair. I didn't dress nicely. I gave up on myself and she knew it. And she felt it and she did not like that because that's not who she agreed to marry so she's like i'm losing feelings for you <clears throat> so that crushed me um and it crushed me because she's like i feel like you're not fighting for me um i feel like like i deserve better than this and then it hurt because i was like dude i've been fighting for you oh i didn't even tell you guys sorry let me go back so so um before the whole lawyer situation i was i i not only was i just calling i was going to his house and one day <clears throat> it got pretty bad so i went to his house and i was like yo what's your problem oh no i take that back i knocked on the door and i was like hey i'm here because you're not answering my phone calls and i just want to take um your daughter and my daughter out to the park so i could see her dude like just let me see her see both of them and he's like no and he closed the door on me and then i kept knocking and knocking so he went to his back house because he had a little guest house in the back. And I said, oh, hell no. So I went in through the side gate, went into his door without knocking. And I was like, yo, what's your fucking problem? I'm trying to be here for your daughter. I'm trying to be here for my daughter. And you're not letting me. You're denying them. Uh, you're denying your granddaughter to grow up with her daughter, with her father. And you're denying your daughter to raise her child with the father of her fucking child. Like, what's your deal? Dude, we were literally a cunt hair away from kissing. Like, our, we were just glaring at each other. And his son came in, and he's like, hey, bro, you got to get out of here before this shit gets crazy. And and her, his the dad was like, get out of here before I kick this Bean Chiwe's ass or something like that. And, dude, we clashed. I mean, when we clashed, we clashed. Um, when her mom was sneaking around, taking my ex-wife and my daughter to me, she was like, you know, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, let's just resolve this issue. You're coming over for Thanksgiving dinner, and we're just going to be a family moving forward. So I did go over for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, it was awkward between me and her dad at first, but then he and I actually became really close friends. Like, he taught me how to build shit, how to fix shit um, on a car, on a house. He shared memories with me, shared camping tips with me. Like, dude, we were very, very close. It, it hurt when we divorced and he didn't want to talk to me. Um, and honestly, I, I miss him very much. I miss her family very much. But uh, bringing it back, it took a lot of fighting for her, for him to get, for he and I to get that close. 
And uh, it almost feels like up to this point, she was saying, I don't give a fuck what you've done up to this point. I want to see what you're going to do right now. And that's fair. That's absolutely fair. But I just didn't have it in me. So uh, we kept clashing, clashing, and clashing. She kicked me out. I kept coming back in. And then one day I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this back and forth. The next time you kick, you tell me to get the fuck out, I'm not coming back. And we're going to do this for real. We're going to divorce. She told me to get the fuck out. I never came back. We got divorced. Um, and for a long time, I was wondering, dude, did you fuck up? I fucked up. I am a fucking dumbass. But eventually, I started noticing that we are very, we were very codependent on each other. And it was probably the healthiest decision that both she and I could have made for each other. Because we've both grown so much. Um, so anyway, yeah. We got divorced and I separated, tried killing myself in July of 2020. Um, the weed finally let me t say out loud what I just told you guys in the last 20 minutes. The weed helped me admit to myself that one, I didn't want to be with my ex-wife. I did, I do want a divorce. Um, the weed also helped me build my independence. I didn't have to call her every time that I felt sad or, um, wanted to get shit off my chest. I learned how to deal with that shit on my own. The weed also let me laugh. I had not laughed in months, like a genuine laugh where it hurts, where I cry, where I'm having a good time. The weed let me be happy. I was able to like smile and enjoy what I was doing. The weed let me sleep. Dude, I was drinking um, from 10 a.m. to like 10 p.m. I was smoking a pack a day, um, suppressing my emotions, suppressing my stress. And the weed helped me finally deal with it. So why do I smoke weed? I smoke weed because it helps me feel. I smoke weed because it keeps me human. It connects me with myself. It keeps my emotions in check. It really helps me from suppressing myself. For a lot of people, it does the opposite. But this is why I smoke weed. I smoke weed so you get the real me.